0: Your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Man of the
1: everyone welcome to special presentation with mike and ethan or elf will not be seen tonight we've been doing this podcast for about
2: this is i believe our fourth year or is it our third damn we started like
1: 2019 right yeah we started it just as the world ended didn't we yeah so which is one of the things that's enabled us to continue doing it for so long but one of the one of the things that we've actually started doing is looking at our patterns of how people watch and how they don't. And one thing that I've noticed is that in the summer, our numbers go way down.
2: Oh, I guess everyone's outside enjoying the fresh air and the <laughs> sunshine. We
1: can't have that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So we are trying something new. We are announcing. We are announcing name of special event here i hadn't thought of one yet so uh but it's a special well, event where all through the month of july mike and i are going to be looking at not comic strip based m- media but very specifically highlight episodes for shows based on video games that did not go to series <laughs> you might be surprised to find how many of these there are uh,
2: I mean, I guess it, all those uh, cigar-chomping executives were like, yeah, the kids, they like the video games? We'll give them a TV show made out of video games. Yeah, well, you know, and they did not
1: think any further than that. They thought no further than that. And nowhere in this assortment is that going to be more apparent than with tonight's uh, episode. Today, I subjected Mike to this one episode of Bubsy.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Bubsy.
1: B- Bubsy was a game, apparently. Bubsy was a game that came out uh, in the in the wake of Sonic the Hedgehog, pretty obviously, if you've ever seen the actual game. It's a game where you are an anthropomorphic bobcat in a t-shirt with an exclamation point on it, and you run around and you collect yarn balls, and you fight these aliens who have come to Earth to steal yarn. And... At the end of the game, you fight the twin queens of Rayon, Polly and Esther. Oh, I get it. Yes. It's actually, it's actually pretty funny, and uh, it's not the worst game. You have, it's, uh, there's a lot of exploration to do, and there's some... And uh, Bubsy has some... You know, he has some uh, spoken dialogue, which was an unusual thing in 1992 or 3. And... The very first level starts with him saying, what could possibly go wrong? And you're going to uh, hear that a lot tonight.
2: Yeah, that's, so they made that into his catchphrase.
1: Yeah, um, that he says, what could possibly go wrong more often than Bart says, "Icarumba."
2: Yeah, it's, the problem is, it's not really a catchphrase that can be slipped naturally into his dialogue. Like, it might work once an episode, but he says it, like, literally every two minutes. In this, Um, like I think the other, there is the the catchphrase that I would compare it to is uh, in Eek the Cat when Eek says, "Sure, it never hurts to help," but he might say it once an episode, and he generally says it after someone asks him for help, so it feels natural. This, however, is just he says it a lot with just randomly.
1: Yeah, it's like there doesn't there doesn't have to be a reason to think something might go wrong. Well, I guess that's what the point of the phrase. Maybe it's not a very good catchphrase. No, it's really it's not really. I mean, um
2: so what what is uh what is so Bubsy is what is his personality? What what is Bubsy's
1: thing? Uh Bubsy is, you know, it, fresh and proactive, the original bobcat from hell. Yeah,
2: I got the impression, I mean, I really did get the impression that this was a Sonic uh, ripoff,
1: yes. or they were at least trying to ride the coattails of Sonic. If you uh, weren't there in the early 90s, Sonic the Hedgehog was such a huge phenomenon at, in 1991 or so, that suddenly cute and fast-running mammals were everywhere in video games. You had Bubsy, of course, and then there was also uh, Rocket Knight Adventures, which, which gave you a jet-propelled opossum. And then there was Awesome Possum Kicks Dr. Machino's Butt. That was the full name of the game. That's an extremely 90s name. Yes. And Awesome Possum, unlike now Bubsy speaks once at the beginning of every level, Awesome Possum never shuts up. He just constantly, his mouth is constantly moving as you're trying to um, circumnavigate these uh, levels. Damn, it
2: it sounds like he's got a real attitude, though.
1: No, add, yes, this was the era of having an attitude, as if it were, you know, something that was put over your neck, like, you know, some like a reward for blowing up the Death Star. Now you have an attitude. It's, he's totally in my face. <laughs> one of my favorites was Rocky Rodent, where they couldn't think of what kind of animal he was, so they just called him a rodent, even though he didn't even look like one. Oh, what, what did he look like? Uh sort of like a cat or maybe the tasmanian devil but no he what made him unique was that uh he was more about growing hair he he could have different hairstyles that gave him different powers like he could just pull off his mohawk and use it as a boomerang
2: okay all right i mean that was i guess they thought that would uh they get a lot of
1: mileage out of that yeah so most of these didn't get much mileage, yeah, there was no sequel to Rocky Rodent, there was no sequel to Awesome Possum, or uh, not Awesome Possum, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, and there were a couple of sequels to uh, Rocket Knight, but there are six games in the Bubsy series, which is, really? you know, <laughs> Yeah, there's Bubsy, Bubsy 2, Bubsy in Fractured Furry Tales, and probably the, the most uh, infamous one of all, Bubsy 3D, the one that killed the f- series for, tw- for two decades. I honestly did not think they went any further than Bubsy, the
2: Bubsy one. Um, I guess I'm just kind of ignorant about the bu- the, bu- the Bubsy mythos. Uh, <laughs> uh, before watching this, my entire knowledge of Bubsy was that he, he, he was a Bobcat from a video game. He had attitude and he is there. There's a lot of, um, uh. There, there's kind of a uh, among furries. There's a weird uh, subculture of of Bubsy obsessives who Hmm. they they seem to be very similar to people who are obsessed with, like, the Rock of Fire explosion. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) can see that. (laughs) Yeah, they they like him specifically because because he's kind of grotesque
1: in his character design. Yeah, depending on how you look at Bubsy, I think he looked best in the first game. He doesn't look as good in this particular show. He looks absolutely awful in Bubsy 3D. And I think, I think he's uglier than ever before in the latest game, Bubsy, Paws on Fire. Oh, they, they brought it back? Yep. Well, I guess yeah, the Bubsy. kids were clamoring for more Bubsy. Yeah, Bubsy came back for The Woolies Strike Back in 2017, which was released for on PC and PlayStation Four, and then two years later in 2019, he re- he appeared in Bubsy Paws on Fire, which is PlayStation Four, PC, and Nintendo Switch. So mm-hmm. he is he is in all of the major uh, uh, game syst- systems available now. And here, let me uh, share with you the you know the current look of Bubsy.
2: Uh, I, I bet he looks great.
1: <laughs> I think he looks like I think it looks like they pulled him out of the basement. And didn't weren't able to scrub off the mildew.
2: I mean, he, he looks like he looks like Bubsy as he appears in the cartoon.
1: Yes, um, you can you can will rec- recognize some of the characters from the cartoon appearing in this picture.
2: Oh, I actually did. I kind of assumed that all the other characters were invented for the cartoon, but it looks like they're mostly from the game series. Uh... uh
1: that That's the interesting thing. The, none of the characters except for Bubsy that we saw in today's cartoon were in Bubsy 1. In Bubsy 2, you meet the twins and uh, I think the Armadillo guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this one seems to have, this particular uh, video game seems to have been based specifically on this cartoon, which nobody liked.
2: Right, I see the, the rat guy is yeah. in this. Um, I, there's some sort of weird like sea monkey type thing.
1: I don't know what that is. That's, ah, she is cool. one of the Woolies. These, those are the oh. aliens who were kidnapping your yarn balls in the first game.
2: So, are alien and are is that a recurring thing throughout this series? These aliens. Yes.
1: You see, okay. uh, yeah, the Woolies are actually uh, Bubsy's major, uh, major villains. You fight them in Bubsy, Bubsy 3D, Bubsy: The Woolies Strike Back.
0: Hmm. And... Okay.
1: And well, if you ha- haven't seen them, let me get you a picture of the twin queens of Rayon. Yeah. It's, all
2: right. I mean, I guess... The, oh, Woolies, Polyester... Okay, I I. I guess... I, is that the joke? They're like... And
1: Rayon? like Are they yeah. all like fabrics or something? Yeah, it's a... Uh, The uh, aliens crave uh, fabric and uh, Bubsy has the biggest collection of yarn balls in the world. So that's why they came after him. It's basically the same plot as Donkey Kong Country and the theft of all the bananas. Okay. Okay. Well,
2: um, yeah. Okay. However, uh, Donkey Kong uh, and banana theft, that goes together naturally because monkeys like bananas. Uh, A bobcat, I don't usually think of being... And associated with yarn balls, so this is not exactly a natural connection
1: in my mind. Um, I I guess they weren't exactly certain what a bobcat was. You know, a lot of people don't seem to think, don't seem to know what bobcats are. I meet people who say, yeah, I have a pet bobcat, and it's just a cat. Yeah, I think a lot of people get them confused with, like, Japanese bobtails. That might be it, yeah, but usually they just mean, like, a relatively large cat. Sometimes oh. they, their bobcat even has, you know, a complete tail. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't know what they're thinking of.
2: Um, I saw a bobcat once. Oh, really? It was majestic. Yeah, yeah. Just I went a friend of mine and I, we just went out to like, you know, a, a, um, a park out in the hills and we were just like sitting at a picnic table eating lunch and this bobcat just walked by and it was like, what? <laughs> you know, it was very strange. It was just like, walked by and I was like, there's that, 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 you know. And he turned and looked, and this bobcat looked at us, and it just kept walking, and uh, it was like that was like a spiritual encounter.
1: Wow, um, you, you you know, most people would say, and that was how I met my first sono. But you already had one, didn't you?
2: I did. Yes, uh, I was already pretty well established as a uh, as a bilby by that point, so I hmm. couldn't switch. Um, <laughs> never met one of those in real life, though. Um, but. Um, Uh yeah so uh but bobcats uh I feel like I guess this makes sense because yeah bobcats I don't think really have many cultural associations they're just you know it's not like monkeys and bananas or whatever um and I guess if you're you're starting from the if you're gonna make a video game and your starting point is we we need an anthropomorphic animal that's got attitude and is fast bobcat sure fine go with it. Okay, well what's associated with bobcats? Nothing? So just you just make everything up then. And it's like, okay, they're aliens stealing fabric
1: and he's got the arm. Why not? Just okay, <laughs> sure. Go with it. Who cares? Yeah. What it, makes they, him a bobcat is the fact that he has tassels on his ears. That's pretty much. Yeah, it. at
2: least at least they got that right. I yeah. mean, I'll say this, you know, a lot of cartoon versions of um relatively obscure animals, like they don't even try to make them look like the animal. You know, like The Tasmanian devil doesn't look like a Tasmanian devil. No, Um, you know the the, roadrunner
1: looks like a roadrunner.
2: I actually thought the roadrunner was a mythological animal when I was (laughs) younger. I I thought it was completely just invented. I didn't realize they were an actual bird. Um, And uh, then uh, what was the other? Oh, uh, and the uh, the chipmunks. Yeah, they don't they don't look that much like chipmunks either. You know. And, I don't and know I if mean, I can
1: actually ca- conjure up what a real chipmunk looks like. They don't live around here.
2: No. I mean, the thing is, like, Chip and Dale, the chipmunks, they look slightly more like real chipmunks. Oh, right. But they also uh, give them short tails, little stubby tails. And chipmunks in real life actually have big squirrel tails. They do? Yeah. I didn't know until I actually saw
1: one, and I was like, what the hell is that? I didn't know that either. Is that for real chipmunk? Yeah. Okay, chipmunk, small stripe prudence of the... Uh, this one? Oh, you're right! Oh, they do! They do have long tails! I don't yeah. believe it! We've
2: so, been lied to all this time! It is very weird how... Um, I've said this about furries, but it's also true for people in general. A lot of our conceptions of animals are based more on the the inaccurate versions we see in cartoons, which we see much yeah. more than the actual animal, you know? Yeah! Um, so... Having said that, I will say kudos to the creators of Bubsy, because he does actually look like a bobcat. I believe yeah. that they looked at an actual picture of a bobcat when they designed him. Um, other than that, like, I mean, I don't know what else to say about him.
0: He,
1: he You're makes- right, because he, you know, I was just thinking, he's got these very puffy cheeks, and I thought it was just just meant that they traced Buster Bunny, but mm. no, and that's, you know, that's the kind of cheek rough that a bobcat really would have, so... Somebody on the staff was a big fan of Bobcats. So I wonder if Bubsy is somebody's persona.
2: Oh my God. That actually would explain a lot. Actually, it would explain if like every, if he, if the creator was like, this is my persona." I'm also going to put all my friends personas in it too. That's why you have like this random armadillo and this rat guy and all this stuff. So that, that would explain quite a bit. Um, So, what is the gameplay in Bubsy? Are you running around a lot like Sonic, or what's?
1: It's it's pretty fast. There are a lot of uh, uh, Bubsy's major move is that he has a graceful glide when he jumps, which is not not a very you know cat like thing, but cats do sort of parachute out their legs to fall slowly. Hmm. Okay. Uh, In early developmental stuff, he was going to have a hoverboard, but that got left behind. Oh, they thought that was too cool.
2: Yeah, You're like, no, you can't. no, well, this is too rude. You know, you can't have that.
1: Um, so uh, I guess Bubsy instead, he just runs. Yeah, yeah, he just runs around and he has what's what makes the Bubsy games unique is that, you know, you know what happens when Mario gets hit, right? He get he kind of sort of jumps off the screen and you hear a little do 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 sound. With right. Bubsy, he has a specific death animation for every different way he can die. Oh, okay, that's, that's kind of fancy. Yeah, so, uh, so part of, a lot of the game is you know, just experimenting with, you know, does this work, does this not work? And when it doesn't work, you, at least you get rewarded with a new animation. Hmm, okay, alright, I can see the appeal. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it's Bubsy, the original Bubsy, not such a bad game. I mean, it's not a, uh it's not A plus by any means, but I wouldn't mind playing it again. I never played Bubsy 2. The one that blew Bubsy out of the, out of the public picture for two, for two decades was Bubsy 3D for the PlayStation, which was... They thought they were going to do something amazing and never before seen by doing a completely three-dimensional game where you played as Bubsy on a flat, on a plane where you could go anywhere, and it wasn't just a side-scroller, and they were so excited about it, and then they saw Super Mario 64 on the, uh, at a trade show, and they were like, oh my god, we've been left so far in the dust. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, the yeah, Bubsy three D is terrible. <laughs> Bubsy three D is con- considered one of the worst games ever made. Really? Okay. Yes. Um was it just,
2: you know, too lagging too far behind uh Mario or what was or uh is
1: it... Yeah, among other things, uh there were a lot of problems with it. To, I mean Okay, and that so you know how Okay, now imagine a game with Mario. So he's he's running. He sees a Goomba. He swerves away and continues on his way. With mm. Bubsy, Bubsy could not run and turn at the same time. So Bubsy had to sort of he sort of moved like the logo turtle.
0: Oh, you like
1: had to had to go forward and then turn and then go forward again and then turn. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a a bobcat who moved like a tank so
2: so yeah i can see what you mean when you say this was uh this was left in
1: the dust you know they they didn't even i mean mario super mario 64 was sold with the nintendo 64 which came with the analog sticks you've seen those right yes yeah, they you know unlike the joypad or joystick, this allows you to uh, hold hold the uh, hold the stick in a lighter or harder, and you get more reaction. Bubsy had no such option. You had to play him with the control pad, and all the left or right on the control pad did was turn him. So, so it was not it was not a good game to play, and it's pretty much. And it killed his career until he became infamous for it, and it brought his career back. So, as always, Bubsy just fails upward. (laughs) Fucking Bubsy. Fucking Um, Bubsy, man.
2: So, let's talk about this Bubsy cartoon.
1: This Bubsy Uh,
2: cartoon that came
1: out in, like,
2: 1993, I think? And uh, this was before Bubsy's career was killed by Bubsy 3D.
1: That's correct. Yeah, right. this was aired at, on November 28th, 1993 and Bubsy 3D came out in 1996. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think they so. would have learned by then, but no. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, so our Bubsy cartoon opens with Bubsy being awakened by an alarm clock with its own, with his own face which he then kisses to shut off and runs to the bathroom to brush his teeth and d- dithers over which toothbrush to use before getting out an industrial buffer. And then we <sighs> get the first, what could possibly go wrong?
2: This, this, uh, this cartoon is extremely wacky.
1: Yes. It,
2: it is really just like, It's, it's, it's of a time where they were clearly, they were like, look, just, we don't, we don't, I, I watching this cartoon, I was really kind of wondering like, what is this series supposed to be about? Because, uh, it, it may be, you know, it's, it's a lot of crazy stuff happening, but I'm like, what is the actual, uh, germ of an idea for the series? What is the high concept going on here? And it, you want to know, what is it? You want to real know? Yeah, I want to know. They lost the rights to Chester Cheetah. What? Wait. It was wait. going to
1: be a Chester Cheetah game, and they had to invent Bubsy because uh, Frito Lay wanted to take the character in a different direction.
2: I'm. Wait. Okay. Wait a second. Are you telling me that, like, the original Bubsy was going to be a Chester Cheetah game? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so. I So wait a second. So was it originally they're like hey we're going to have Chester Cheetah fighting aliens who are obsessed with uh um fabric and he's got yarn balls or was I it originally imagine he was
1: probably going to be like picking up Cheetos puffs.
2: Okay. That actually makes a lot more sense cuz I can see aliens being like hell yeah we want to steal all the Cheetos and Chester Cheetah being like no I got to That's smart. Yeah, I got to I got to save the Cheetos. I mean, I would have you like yeah. That 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 scans. I mean, if I was an alien, I'd, I'd, eat, I'd want to be eating Cheetos. Cheetos are great. Oh. I I, uh, I endorse them. Yeah, I put them
1: in all my burritos. You know. <laughs> you ever had a flaming hot Cheeto burrito, Ethan? No, I haven't. I think uh, you said you could get them at like a uh, uh, a taco truck near you. Yes, apparently they are a um a common.
2: I've been told they're a common street food. in in Mexico. I Hmm. I do not know that. I I mean, I haven't been there and I can't vouch for the accuracy of that. I just know that the particular truck that in my town that sells these also sells things that like are very clearly authentic Mexican street food because they're absolutely disgusting to me, a gringo. Like, like they're like, we're going to cut. It's like, we're going to cut open like a little bag of, uh, of Fritos and fill it with pickled pig feet and like onions. And it's like, that is, that, that is disgusting. I don't want that. That must then actually be an authentic food from
1: somewhere. You know, We've, I've heard that called a walking taco. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, all tacos can walk. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also a walk taco.
2: Don't you mean a walko? Yeah. Well oh, maybe it's a pun on walkie talkie. I don't know. Maybe it reminds me of when I, okay. So there is a particular ice cream uh, confection where it's a, um, uh, Ethan, you may have seen these. It's basically a, a, uh, uh, a, like an ice cream cone, but in the shape of like a taco with oh, the Choco ice cream. Taco?
0: Yeah.
2: Thank you. A Choco Taco. Now, when I was younger and I lived overseas, they have those in England, hmm. right? The exact same product, but do you know what they call them there? Um, I, oh, a Cornetto? No. Uh, the cornedo does exist, but that's a different thing. They call it a winner taco.
1: A winner taco, right? Okay. I guess yeah, Chaco so. was already uh, copyrighted for something. I guess, but like, like I saw dinner. that,
2: and I was like, okay, look. And it was like, first of all, you see that item, that food stuff. If you can't call it a Chaco taco, Mexicone is right there. but i mean a winter taco what the fuck is that winter taco i mean all i can say is uh a bog island wins again because that's a terrible name but i mean
1: that's what you get from the british uh however that is probably the most uh the most authentic mexican food you can get there i mean probably Oh God!
2: What a terrible country! What a terrible country! Uh, I blame Alex. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, well, wait, why were we talking about winter tacos? Because tacos? Uh... oh, taco! Yes. So uh, the Itos. Cheeto burrito. Though, yeah. You know, so it's basically like a regular burrito, except it's filled with flaming hot Cheetos and molten uh, nacho cheese. Mm. So not like real spicy actually pretty mild which but it really cuts the the, the sharpness of the the cheetos mm. so it's, it's so you're not like dying as you're eating it and it's like you know and the cheetos give a nice crunch it's actually like really good like i've had it and i'm like like this is this is delicious this is the best thing i've had ever and then it's like now excuse me i need to go shit for like three hours straight you know yeah.
0: yes i've had um, nice food
2: before yeah. So it is it is a sometimes food, but if <laughs> if you I would recommend everyone uh, try one at some point in your life. It's it's good. Um, I just
1: had a burrito that was filled with fries. I didn't have uh they didn't give the option of Cheetos. I wonder if Oh, so you had a
2: California style burrito?
1: Yes, they called it the RTS burrito from Robertitos, home of the potato face mascot. Wait, Roy Bertitos is a real restaurant? Robertitos. Yeah, I'll uh here, I'll, let me see if I can find...
2: I yeah. always thought that was just a thing made up for Dr. Tran. <laughs> What's Dr. Tran? Oh, you don't remember Dr. Tran? Oh, Ethan. How could you not remember Dr. Tran? He was extremely important in like the early aught Spike and Mike Film Festival circuit. Mm. He was, like, there was a little animation where this little boy and uh, this voice would be yelling, just like, It's Dr. Tran! He's going to like you know, do all this action movie stuff. And this boy is like, are you talking to me? What are you saying? I'm not doing that stuff. That was basically the series of shorts. and That was it. That was their gag. And there's one for whatever reason where he was advertising a Mexican restaurant called Roy Bertito's. And I just assumed it was made up. I didn't realize it was a real one. That kid in the hat actually kind of looks like Doctor Tran a little bit. Ah, huh, I wonder. <laughs> um, yeah, so Doctor Tran bringing it back, you know, very very big wheel in like you know Spike and Mike's Sick and
1: Twisted Animation Festival, circa two thousand five. Yeah, it's it's weird looking at Bubsy and how how stuck in the past the whole concept is. And looking and after I watched Bubsy, I watched something else from just four years later, and it felt like you know a jump into the future. So animation changed a lot in just that just that time, and I think it's because of you know all the people from Spike and Mike going from outsiders to being brought into the fold. Yeah,
2: Bubsy definitely has this uh, early, late eighties, early nineties transitional cartoon series feel to it. Yeah, it it feels like
1: like the, you know they. Uh, it feels like they wanted to invent Ren and Stimpy, but then they were gonna. But then when they saw Ren and Stimpy, it gave them the same feeling that Super Mario sixty four did. <laughs> yeah, It it definitely has that sense where it's like, if we could do,
2: let's do Ren and Stimpy, but also we don't want to actually like upset anyone. So <laughs> we don't want to make so anyone laugh.
1: You understand?
2: No, it's it's extremely frenetic,
1: but not a whole lot actually happening. Yeah. Uh, Remarkably little happens despite the fact that is, the whole plot is that anything can happen
2: yeah i that's what I thought was weird for your it's for, for your pilot episode, you are establishing literally a universe that will not have any rules at all or limitations uh, because of this this thing that they've they've invented, but I suspect like if they actually made a series, we would never see that that invention again
1: yeah, yeah, so um, the first thing that happens, I guess we just I guess we're supposed to take the Yeah uh, let's you know, assume that we saw Bubsy's morning as he goes to wake up his friend what was the what was the Armadillo's name? Albert? Uh, I think was it Arnold? Arnold, it yeah. Arnold. Yeah, so Bubsy has a roommate named Arnold who is a who is a blue armadillo and who is plagued with terrorized, terrifying dreams of being hit by a truck. And you know, this is you know really weak Texas jokes here yeah, Although, like, I think they live in las Vegas oh, is it actually I didn't realize they lived anywhere for real uh it's they during later on uh when the uh t v guy is interviewing the villain he says uh from the you know from her palatial estate in Las Vegas, here's blah 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 so oh i yeah i I totally missed that yeah. um why does her house look like it's big arrow, though? All the this, all of the architecture in this looks like I don't know uh, a McDonald's circa the '90s when they had the giant, you know, square play place exploding out of it like a tumor.
2: Oh, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. Uh. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely wacky. Yes, um, so we have Bubsy going to wake up Arnold and Arnold says, what sounds to me like truck <laughs> 10 for the butt fuck.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, he, he's he got that thing. Like, uh, I don't know. He he talks like Jabberjaw. Yeah. Where he's just like, ooh, ooh,
1: ooh, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. I was going to say that he sounds like he was, like his dialogue was written by uh, Windsor McKay. Oh, 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 the rare bit. Yeah,
2: I think, um, if I recall correctly, I think Jabberjaw was a curly impression, so I assume he's supposed
1: to sound like Curly or something, but... He doesn't sound I like don't... Curly to me, but I don't know what no. he's apart from. I mean, he just sounds, you know, constantly terrified. Yeah,
2: um, so I guess they're, they're pals or something. Uh, they just hang out. It It's kind of established that, like, Arnold doesn't want to be there because he's a huge, you know, he's, he's a huge scaredy cat and Bubsy is like, Oh, uh, chaos is chaos incarnate. So of course, yeah,
1: um, he things. Yeah. Bubsy wakes him up and says, says, come on, you don't want to, you don't want to hide. I'm your hero and you're my sidekick. And it was like, yeah. Can you imagine having somebody who just barged in and demanded you be their sidekick? <laughs>
2: yeah this the whole thing uh, um, this feels like we're basically just watching
1: what is it bonkers yeah it feels a lot like bonkers I think it's the same voice it's Rob Paulson as Bubsy yeah, I'm sure he did bonkers in fact actually you know now that
2: I think about it bonkers is another cartoon which I feel like I mean never he's caught... a bobcat oh shit you're right he is a bobcat wait a second okay so here's the thing so bonkers is another cartoon bobcat who, like Bubsy, is is wacky and causes wacky things to happen, and he's also, I think, kind of, kind of a weird failure among the Disney afternoon because they they really likes tried
1: bonkers, yeah.
2: No, yeah, the thing is, they really
1: tried because, like, first it's like he's doing.
2: He was part of Raw Tunage, right? With like, yeah, his... I remember.
1: I liked Raw Tunage. I don't remember liking him, but he yeah. had a whole different story in Raw Tunage.
2: Yeah, he like in Raw Tunage. I feel like they just did every episode was just like a random thing happening, you know, with the same cast of characters, but they were just like kind of doing Looney Tunes type stuff. Or was there a, a theme to that? I can't remember in Raw Tunage. Yeah,
1: yeah, Raw Tunage was. Uh, I mean it. It had a. What they would do is they would have somebody hosting it in kind of the same way as, like, you know, Jiminy Cricket doing uh, I'm No Fool, that kind of thing, and would introduce some various shorts with sometimes with characters you'd seen before, like uh, they introduced that, they introduced Marsupilami there too. Right. uh, right. But, no, Bonkers is essentially uh, Disney's basically disney ripping themselves off and doing a version of roger rabbit they don't have to share with warner brothers
2: oh okay well that okay just like bubsy was then trying to like rip off
1: chester cheetah in a way yeah so so that's that's the theme of bobcats is bobcats are what you bring in to fill in for something you couldn't use okay i also think so bonkers sorry i'm I'm kind of like dwelling
2: on bonkers now because, um, bonkers. Cause he was originally like part of raw Tunage, Right. Yeah. And then he got his own show for some reason. Yeah. And it was, he was a cop, but in the Roger rabbit world.
1: Yeah. Except okay. everything was animated. So he was teamed yeah, up sure. with just a human as opposed to another animal, I guess. Yeah. That was very confusing because yeah,
2: they established that there are tunes and it's a, it's a, you know, a uh, Roger Rabbit style universe, but like, yeah, the humans are also animated, but they're also animated humans. Cause we see like the Mad Hatter from, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Disney's yeah. Alice in Wonderland. And it's like, well, he's a human. Is he animated? Cause he looks just like the actual humans in this show. Um, and originally I think they paired him up with a, like a hot lady cop. Um, yeah. but then later on they were like, this, this isn't working. So we're going to pair him up with like, um, you know, that like, that that kind of the fat mustache cop from uh, yeah. Spawn,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah, it um, looks
2: exactly like Sam. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Um, and and I don't I don't know if that worked either because I mean I haven't heard anything about Bonkers in years. Um, but they were really trying so hard to to make it a thing, and it just I mean nobody, well I shouldn't say nobody because. I feel like there actually is a very small bonkers fandom. Mm. And when I say a very small bonkers fandom, it is the exact same fandom that likes the Rockefeller, Rockefeller pizza (laughs) explosion band and Bubsy.
1: Um, Yeah. The kind of people who, obsess on something very specific from this one show and if you let them they will rewrite it to be entirely about that. Yes. I am I, I am specifically remembering a, a something that uh Bogleech talked about on Wikipedia where he looked at the at the uh Wikipedia article for uh, shoot what's his name for Tony the Tiger and said that Somebody has been, if you look at the history, somebody keeps going in and trying to add to the Wikipedia article that Tony the Tiger was once seen bouncing on a balloon until it popped. And then would list a bunch (laughs) of other cartoons where this had also happened.
2: This is extremely important to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean... Oh well, I mean, it's good to know because I was uh, was uh, not aware that Tony Tiger had been seen bouncing
1: on a balloon until it popped. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody researches harder than a one-handed researcher. true that. Well, um so I'm glad to know
2: this now. Um, i i I feel like I should we should go and check the Wikipedia entry history for uh, bonkers now yeah make uh, sure to see if he ever did it yeah and bubsy too bubsy did bubsy do any balloon bouncing in this cartoon i don't recall seeing anything i, I don't um, well he does
1: actually bubsy does remarkably little in this cartoon uh he mostly he just uh torments his uh his roommate and then we get two more bubsies oh that's right the twins yes terry and terry very clever. Hmm. They're from the, the game though, I think, right? Uh, they're from part two, yeah. the None of the characters you see in this besides Bubsy himself were in Bubsy 1, which was the only game that had that had de- debuted at this point. I'm guessing they were already working on the second one, because the number one was a modest hit.
2: Hmm. <laughs> well, you know. Um. And then they flew too close to the sun.
1: Yeah, they sure did. Wow. So... Meanwhile, while his uh, obnoxious nephew and niece are, uh, playing, are dribbling the armadillo like a basketball, uh, and somebody on the staff here was a big fan of armadillos because uh, that is definitely that is a very good drawing of how an armadillo rolls into a ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, um, credit, credit where it's due. Does anyone bounce on the armadillo until he pops? I don't think so.
2: Oh, people are, oh, too bad. That Tony the Tiger guy is going to be so disappointed.
1: (laughs) So then the TV TV comes on and introduces our, our, I guess, the, uh, what starts all this, which is a rat guy named Virgil Reality, who has invented a helmet that can turn anything you think of real. Now... (laughs) And okay. he just went on TV and asked for somebody to uh, help him to help him test it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> like <laughs> you said, they initial, they immediately established there are absolutely no rules in this universe.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's and that's the thing, it's not exactly a universe that requires that, that had a lot of rules to begin with. Because it's very clearly just a tune universe, you know. Like, yeah, this is stuff this
1: is someone's idea of what cartoon characters do when they're not being filmed and when yeah. they're not, you know, when they're not posing for that weird photo sh- machine that uh, pipes it to people's newspapers.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, this really did feel like uh, you know a, a cartoon made by uh, you know a bunch of corporate executives because they're just like, yeah, kids love wacky stuff. That's what cartoon characters do. They love to be wacky. So
1: kids love wacky stuff. I mean, I assume I haven't seen my uh, daughter since she was born, but
2: (laughs) that's your corporate executives for you. But they do. um, So, so it's, so yeah, so really there's not a lot of rules to begin with just cartoon shit happens, but then they literally say, Oh, and here's a machine that, that makes anything into reality and anything you think of can be real. And it's, it you know that's the sort of thing that like um, I feel like in in a cartoon series that is striving for um, a slightly higher degree of realism, you can have a lot of fun with that. I'm thinking of when um, when Buzz Dixon did the uh, the GI Joe episode. Yeah, where, you know the the Joes realize that like they they get that machine that makes fantasy become real. Um, and and they, they it's a really funny episode. But in this one, because reality is already just a wacky, you know, bunch of wackiness, it's like, well, okay.
1: All right. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, why would you need the helmet to do this? Why couldn't yeah. Bugsy just, you know, think up a thought balloon and ten- then take whatever he was thinking of out of it?
2: Yeah. Um, so virtual reality, he's also got this cat that hangs out with him.
1: Yes. Oblivia, who has... She she sounds like she doesn't want to be there at all times. No, no. She's
2: uh I guess she's supposed to be kind of the sarcastic arm candy type character. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, they one of the So between her and Bubsy and Arnold, you have basically like the 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 control alt-delete trio. Yeah, you really do. Um I do think it's funny because with
2: Oblivia. They basically, I, you could tell they were like, "Okay, we're gonna make her hot," and they do this by just giving her gigantic pupils in
1: her eyes. You know, and, like <laughs> so yeah, she has gigantic pupils and really tiny ears. I guess she's a house cat as opposed to a bobcat. Yeah, it's funny. So this was when did this came out? Nineteen
2: ninety-three. Yes. So it's it's really before anime was making a splash over here stateside, but you can tell they're drawing on some of the same ideas of like, how do you make a character cute? Just give them huge eyes. You know, all of these
1: characters have enormous eyes. That's actually probably the best thing about their design. Yeah. But
2: I mean, you know, you give them little huge eyes with little pupils if they're wacky, but you give them huge pupils if they're hot, you know, it's because, uh, because when you look at something that you know, you want to fuck, your pupils get bigger. I think th- that's the science behind it. I don't oh. know. Um, but uh, <laughs> she really kind of looks, it makes her look like she's wandered out of a different cartoon. Uh, a lot of these characters seem like they come from a different cartoon. Yeah. Um, but she, her gag is that she can't get Bubsy's name right. She's always saying his name wrong
1: yeah but and she, she has this you know, real and she she always says his name with this you know extremely i don't care voice like okay, here boss, go But she also wants to marry him, yeah
0: <laughs> she, wa- so, she wants wants
1: marry yeah you know, she wants to marry someone she's never met I mean well, I mean, if she knew him well enough, she wouldn't want to marry him I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean he he isn't some. I I only know him from this cartoon and I wouldn't want to marry him.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, we are soon introduced to a much more interesting female lead.
2: Oh yeah, I watched this with uh, with um uh my good friend Orlina and she was immediately like this
1: this character. She was like who is this character? Who is this this mysterious stranger? I must know more. Ironically, one of my friends said like this is just an Orlina character, isn't it?
2: Oh shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is an extremely
2: Orlina character. Um, it was Allie
1: Cassandra, which I didn't get. It was like okay, like Allie Cat.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. I I, I guess. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. They really were like putting a lot of thought into these names. Um but she is like what I guess her thing is that she's kind of a um she, she what what is this stock character
1: called? um Um, good question what do you call the stock character kind of the uh the lazy rich woman who lies on a couch eating chocolates and wears a mink stole even when she's at home alone
2: yeah like she's she's kind of the you know like a you see you see this kind of character a lot in like 80s and early 90s cartoons she's kind of the the mean a, a, a mean rich hot lady
1: yeah you don't, um I wonder what they what they were drawing on when they thought of this. Did they know someone who was like this? Was she like the you know the snippy wife of a producer or something? yeah
2: like it's sometimes this is a stock character who sometimes is um you know, the main difference between different iterations of this character, and I can't think of a good example, but you know i, I mean I've seen this character many times uh, actually, sour grapes is probably oh, yeah. One. Yeah, you know, like that's from, a
1: lot. Yeah, kind of like that. I mean, she yeah, has like a little boa that she wears.
2: Yeah, yeah. So kind of a sour grapes type character, or a um, uh, what is it? The Mrs. St- uh, Stoneheart from Pound Puppies type. Yeah, character. I was thinking of Pound um, Puppies. I
1: couldn't remember her name. Yeah, and what is it? There's, I'm sure there there are others. Um, but the one from the, that glowworm special, the one with the uh, snippy uh, weasel that talks to her. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's another good example.
2: Um, so basically like, yes, kind of a snippy, snotty, uh, overly pampered rich woman who sometimes in some iterations is, you know, conventionally sexy and sometimes she's very thick, but still sexy. Um, and, and this one uh,
1: is, this is the thick edition.
2: Yeah. She's pretty thick in this. Um, and usually she's got like some bumbling henchmen who she yells at a lot for messing things up. Yeah. And,
1: uh, true maybe, to form, we get, we get some bumbling. Maybe this is based on Disney's version of the queen of hearts.
2: Yeah. You know, sort of, I feel like she's more of a madam Mim. No, oh. no, not Madame Mim. Um, Madame Medusa.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. No, I mean, I think they have all, all of those uh, elements in there. Cause yeah, the, yeah, the, the queen of hearts is supposed to be more of like, oh i don't know i don't know what you call like a a big a big masculine ish woman like you know like an adult version of lucy van pelt and mm, mm yeah and but yeah Madame, Madame medusa is more like the kind of kind of a fallen beauty yeah yeah
2: i mean that, that kind
1: of fits you know
2: yeah uh, I mean, this, I,
1: this is a, you know, this is an interesting trope that we, we, I don't think has really been explored all that much. I don't know if it's, it has a TV tropes uh, thing yet. I guess we'll have to be the first to add it. Yeah. <laughs> um.
2: All right. So, but so Allie Katz, she's like, um, she's like a. Uh yeah, she's like a thick cat lady. She's got like kind of
1: what is it? Like a red jumpsuit type thing she's wearing. Yeah, she's yeah, she's wearing a bodysuit and has a she has a boa around her uh head that might be it might be her own tail. I'm not sure. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get Oh, I think it is. Yeah, so she just wears her own tail like like her own fur. And then we are immediately introduced to her you know her henchman that she yells at all the time. We got Boz the Buzzard and and Sid the shrew.
2: Yeah, these two are pretty classic henchmen, um, you know, where it's like you get you get the yeah, I, I think usually when you get henchmen in in these sorts of cartoons, um, you get the main henchman, right? Yeah, the, the 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 lead hench. and there there are a couple different variants you get of that. Um, but generally your lead hench is going to be like slavishly devoted to, to the main villain and, um, you know, usually either like, uh, just like either like groveling and like, you know, um, or, or very, very, uh, calm and erudite. Like, and that's the kind we get here. He's, he's the phlegmatic sort of, of hench. Where he's kind of um uh, he's almost a little embarrassed by all the plots that that his boss is forcing him to participate in um well, Sid has only one thought, and that's food, yes, Sid is a very classic like uh dumb dumb, dumb assistant hench character, yes, you know?
1: and yeah you know, he is the kind of character that is so hungry that he's that he's just staring at bugs thinking about uh trying to snap them up like a frog, yeah. So- I guess this um, is a little bit based on you know biology and shrews constantly having to eat. They do have very fast metabolisms. So, yes, he's not um, really a fat character. You know, no, he's no, just he's, he's shrew shaped. But <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean squats, but um, but I mean yeah, that would make sense if he's got a very fast metabolism,
1: he's not going to put on weight easily. So yeah, so um, and he's constantly muttering to himself, "Food, comestibles, edibles."
2: Yeah. So, so, uh, my main issue with these henchmen is, uh, the missed opportunity. Because clearly if you're going for this classic henching, uh, dynamic, there should be, uh, you, you get your, your main hench, you get your hyperactive secondary hench, there should be a third hench and the third hench should be a big fat guy who does not understand that they're villains. So Yeah, like the one from uh uh from Little Cons of Happy Town. Exactly. You know, a guy who when they say like, Well, uh Joe, you need to go and plant this bomb, and he'd be like, Duh, boss, that's not very nice. You know, like that. Yeah. Of course that's not nice. We're trying to blow them up.
1: Oh, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> You're smart. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> you know, where it's like the villain where it's like it's, he's not really so much as, like, an employee. He seems to be, like, a ward <laughs> that they've just adopted. Um, but instead, we have Sid, just the two, Sid and Boz. Uh, Boz has,
1: kind of, his name's Boz, right? Boz, yeah, Boz Buzzard. I don't okay. know what Boz is short for as an actual name. Yeah, Boz Skaggs. <laughs> Dr. Boz. He's
2: um, he's related to Baz from the Fat Slags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's, he's got one of those, what do you call those accents? Those kind of Boston Brahmin accents? Oh, the, uh, I believe it's called the, oh, the kind of voice? I believe it's yeah. called the Harvard Lockjaw. There you go. Oh, that's right. Lock, the um, Locust Valley Lockjaw. There you go. Yeah. Um,
1: you move your jaw as little as possible and do your enunciation with the soft palate.
2: Yeah. So, so, Boz is the sort of guy that you expect to go on TV. Do you agree, and, uh, Herb? You know, and tell um tell Gore Vidal, uh you know that he's gonna sock him in the face. <laughs> um, you know, if you call me Crypto Nazi one more time, uh <laughs> or CryptoFash. I forget what, what Gorvidel called him. It was accurate. Thanks for joining our
1: Claymation crypto spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: so their their plan is they're gonna get the thing uh, the the helmet And then Allie will be able to be even more rich than she currently is.
1: One thing that I think is funny is that we see Allie's vision of herself and she's some 70 pounds slimmer in the mirror. But when she gets the helmet, which is not much of a spoiler because, of course, that's the point, she does not wish herself thin. So she just thinks she already is.
2: You know, good for her. I mean, she's got a positive body image. Um, well, I mean, or maybe not. That's actually not a positive body image. If you, because if you're not happy with what you are, you just are like convinced you're something you're not. I don't know what you would call that. Some sort of weird dis uh, dysmorphia, I what's guess.
1: The, yeah. What, what's the, uh, opposite of anorexia where you're overweight, but you think you're t- too thin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's,
1: uh, hot, obviously. Yeah.
2: Besides, <laughs> well, I'm like, well, that's, uh, I know some stories about that. Um, <laughs> i've got a whole i got a whole uh, folder full of them um, but uh uh yeah she she when she gets the 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 helmet, yeah, she thinks of
1: what she gives herself a bigger ring, like a a yeah. big old diamond ring. Um, it feels like I think they she, could be making a point here about uh, how the rich have no imagination, i mean really, um I kind of i'll be
2: honest, like i kind of uh checked out for a lot of this cartoon because it's just stuff happening yeah it doesn't really seem to be connected in any way um so i know that like the helmet kind of bounces from head to head and people yeah. just think of different things like i think the twins think of a roller coaster um then uh uh
1: the, our, the armadillo thinks of a truck
2: yes uh,
1: That's actually probably the funniest thing that happens is that uh, Bubsy thinks of flying, which uh, basically means that they're all some thousand feet in the air and falling. So he gives it to Arnold and says, think of something to save us. And Arnold immediately thinks of the truck. But that doesn't mean that they're back safe on the ground. That means that the truck is now falling with them. (laughs) I mean, that was kind of amusing.
2: I do like that they actually put like other armadillos in the grill of the truck. Yeah. but. Yeah, that, that amused me. Um, so, who else gets? I think Sid gets the helmet at one point and He just thinks of them all in a big cauldron. Um, yeah, Boz thinks
1: of them all in a big cauldron. Sid gets it and he thinks a corn dog. No, no, wait, a bee. No, wait, a corn dog with a bee. And he thinks of a uh, corn dog that has a bee on it, and then he eats it.
2: I mean that's that's kind that's of
1: amusing. pretty funny
2: actually. <laughs> I don't I don't really yeah it's it's just kind of random you know but it's uh it's pretty amusing. Um, and then uh, yeah, so Boz puts them all in a cauldron because apparently he's into that it's vore, So you know, um,
1: I guess then, it's always
2: hard for if you're cooking them, aren't you? I mean, well, it depends if you chew them up or not. Mm. You know, like I think, as long as you uh, you swallow them a whole, it still counts as and and they're alive. They're
1: soft. Okay, let I'm I'm flipping through it, looking for other things that happened. Okay, uh, after the whole shenanigans with the uh, roller coaster and the twins becoming giants and stepping on Bubsy and Arnold, none of which goes anywhere. Uh, now we have yeah. Bo- Boz flying around with uh, Sid the Shrew and his talons. And he says, I'm going to drop you like a bomb and so you can grab the, grab the helmet. And it's one of those cartoon things where the gravity absolutely defies how it would work, even in a cartoon. <laughs> he, just, he just sort of drops him sideways, and he burrows under the ground, and Bubsy stops him with a shovel. And Bubsy yeah. then trades the helmet for a corndog, which has a uh, dynamite stick in it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he says, oh, Sid, because he, he, he uh, tells Sid that Sid is very stupid. Yes. You seem very mm-hmm. stupid. You might want to trade this for food, right? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I, oh, because uh, Bubsy's got
1: attitude. I guess that's what attitude is, is, you know, it's telling pe- stupid people that they're stupid. I mean, you know, in the real world, that's just rude. You know, stupid people yeah. are probably pretty aware that they're stupid and it. Apparently, Sid isn't,
2: though. Uh, he isn't, Sid is not very aware of uh, much of anything, to be honest. He's just no. kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's in his own world. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and that's what makes him the most, uh, you know, the most identifiable character in this. Because, you know, I'm just in my own world, too. I was like, oh, that's right. I'm watching Bubsy. Oh, yeah. Anyway, food. I mean, at least Sid has, you know, he has goals. You, want, you know, he wants to eat a corn dog with a bee on it.
2: <laughs> yeah, i
1: relatable. So then I we guess. have this whole. So somehow they got away with the helmet, and you know they really don't. Oh, that's right. Uh, they got away with the helmet, and they kidnapped the twins, which is you know good. Keep them.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, they're they're pretty annoying. Yeah. So so, uh, Boz was planning on cooking the twins, and. Uh, so then we have this whole thing where the the rat scientist who we really haven't gotten much into, Virgil Reality. He's he's just not a major character here.
2: No, he's. Uh, he, I mean, he's. I assume that he would probably be a character that would just uh, be like, you know, like in any other random cartoon, they would just call the professor. Yeah. And you know, he would just be like, oh, the professor's invented some wacky new thing that is probably going to uh, would probably again get stolen by uh ally and then basically have this exact same plot over and over just with different uh mcguffins
1: yes yeah they really you didn't establish enough of a personality for any of these characters to hang more stories on they ex- they exist specifically for this story and could not be part of any other
2: yeah well i mean we get virgil
1: is uh virgil's the nerd Yeah, Virgil's dinner. Oh, we haven't talked about the uh, live action segments.
0: Ah, God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This tried to do a little bit of uh, Muppet Babies by having uh, regular things where, where Bubsy would be like, uh, you know, I'm strong as an ox, fit as a fiddle. And they would show a very brief public domain black and white clip of something happening, like somebody diving out of a plane with a, as a skydiver or, that shot of the guy getting the cannonball in the stomach—you've probably seen it before. Yeah, I've seen that one before. Yeah, um, I remember it was like part of an, part of ads for Skittles. Yeah, I uh, I don't like
2: this. It's yeah. um it I doesn't mean, it work. Works. They don't no. commit to the bit. Yeah, it's like it, it works a lot better in Muppet Babies, you know. Yes. Um, but here, it just feels like. You know, you know what? This, for some reason, I I can't s- explain why, but for some reason, this whole thing reminds me a lot of fucking Jackie Bison. If you've ever seen that, Jackie Bison. So Jackie Bison was a another failed uh uh, uh cartoon. It was a uh, a failed adult cartoon. It kind of came out, I think, in the wake of The Simpsons mm. uh, from the Fish Police time, and Ooh. it's about a cartoon buffalo who gets his own talk show. So it's, it's, it's like a lot of like wacky random things happening with, you know, because it's like, Oh, it's cartoon. It's wacky. And, um, you know, they splice in uh, a recurring gag is that when Jackie Bison sneezes, wacky things happen for reasons. So when he sneezes, they just splice in a lot of public domain footage of, very much like this but it's just like why what is this why is this happening this isn't funny it's just kind of stupid and random um which is very much like how bubsy does it this is terrible i've never heard of it before well how have you do it under... yeah we haven't we done it on the show oh we, oh we will because it is also very very bad <laughs> it's it's uh it's
1: it's very hateable wow um, that has stan freeberg yeah. Well, he was a, Remember, he was uh, you may know him from uh, Dr. Demento. Yes, I know him from uh, the Weird Al show where he was the voice of Papa Bully. Oh. And Frank Thank Sinatra Junior as himself.
2: Oh, boy. Everyone, everyone really wanted to. Yeah.
1: Frank Sinatra Junior. Jackie Bison. So it, is it like a pun on Jackie Mason? Oh, maybe. I thought Jackie Mason was a was a p- cop show. Am I wrong? I
2: I actually am not sure. Uh, <laughs> I I may be thinking of
1: Perry Mason. This is wow! This looks absolutely terrible. Oh my god! Yeah, and they did <laughs> something. Oh man! And uh, it's a follow up to something else called Hound Town. Whoa! Oh, uh, I am unaware of that. It's a dis. It's a. Failed Ralph Bakshi series for uh, for Primetime. Wow, okay then. Which Bakshi calls an embarrassing piece of shit.
2: And that's that's saying something coming from Bakshi. Yeah. Damn, okay. Um, but anyway, I, I will say that I believe Jackie Bison may be worse than Bubsy, but uh, that's mainly because it is a cartoon for adults, so I feel like it... Um, you know, the fact that it treats its audience with contempt is is actually worse. Because mm. like if it's like a kid's cartoon, you're like, oh, kids eat garbage. Who gives a shit? But if you're doing it for adults, it's like, come on. Put a little bit of effort into that. Um, anyway, uh, Bubsy. So a whole lot of wacky stuff happens. Um, <laughs> well, then what? Then
1: what? What, what oh. happened? I, I can't remember. One of the only clever parts of this is... So we've got... Bubsy and the ostensible good guys hanging around at the lab, going like, Oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to get it back? And, and, uh, and Virgil reality says, Well, I have this device that tracks the, uh, tracks the helmet's every move. And Bubsy is like, No need, I'll look it up in the phone book. So he, so he looks up Sid, the, uh, shrews, uh, phone number in the phone book, and Sid answers the phone, and Bubsy is like, Hey, you just, you just won a contest for having a very small brain. What's your address? He's like, Oh, boy! But, and it seems like, you know, they shouldn't be able to... Uh, why would they not know where they went? Because they were going. they're surrounded by desert, and all of the buildings around here are about ten stories tall. It seems like you could have just watched where they went, but...
2: Yeah, seriously. Well, you know, it's a cartoon. They wanted to have that very funny bit where he he insults Sid.
1: Yeah. So, we cut back to uh, the bad guys, and uh, Sid is saying, Oh, I accidentally gave the Bobcat our address. And they're like, Oh, I know what we can do. Don't let him in. And. So, Bubsy rings the doorbell and Sid immediately goes off to answer it. So, of course, it's well, there's a lot of just... This is, I don't know. What do you call this kind of humor where they set up a joke and then they kind of don't do it? Um, I mean, it's kind of... Is it Dada?
2: Maybe?
0: I mean, it feels a little... Maybe, yeah, it's just, I don't,
2: maybe it's just bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is bad. It's It's not very good, but, oh. I mean...
1: That's Bubsy. So now the whole, so now the whole uh, group is in on the is in on the thing, and they're putting on the helmets one by one. And the twins put it on and wish for a birthday party because that was because that's what they came over for in the first place. We didn't mention it was the twins' birthday because it doesn't really matter. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, the. Next, the uh, helmet falls on Oblivia, and she uh, wishes that she were uh, that she were marrying Bubsy. And we've got uh, we've got Allie and Boz and Sid all dressed up as her bridesmaids, which is actually pretty cute. <laughs> um, yeah, there's way too many characters in this. Yes, <laughs> the helmet falls on Boz, and now he wishes that he's he was boiling them all in his cauldron that he's got. You know. I, I like the joke that he has a wood-fired cauldron right in the middle of his suburban tiled kitchen. But You know, I feel like that wasn't even a joke. No! I feel like the animators... <laughs> they probably didn't even think of it.
2: <laughs> they were probably like, yeah, that's what you would do. You know, a cartoon <laughs> character wouldn't just have a big cauldron in the middle of their kitchen, you know?
1: <laughs> hey, it's, it's very Animal Crossing in a way. And... That's when, and the helmet falls on Arnold, and once again, he thinks of the only thing he thinks of, which is a truck coming to crush him, and that's when the doorbell rings, and it's the truck, which is pretty funny. Um, Yeah,
2: I feel like, you know, I don't know how much potential Arnold has as a recurring character in this, to be honest, because he just, this is kind of all he does, is just be scared of trucks.
1: To, you know you have to give him something outside of himself and trucks to think about you know, it's, that's yeah it's hard to and you know that can be hard when you have a one joke character to evolve them into a multiple jokes character
2: yeah well like i said i don't think they ever intended to do a second episode no. i think they pretty much knew that this was uh this this, this was uh
1: this was it and finally, it lands on uh, it lands on Allie, and she wishes that she were uh, that she were on, being interviewed on TV. And that's when we learn that this is all taking place in Las Vegas. And finally, Bubsy gets the helmet, and he wishes for what does he wish for? One more thing, but it causes the helmet to explode. Oh yeah, what what is it that he that he wishes? Oh, for? he wishes what? that all the bad guys were tied up and uh, and surrendering. So I guess that's. A, Oh, I mean that's yeah. a good thing to
2: wish for, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess I was, I guess I was checked out by that point. Yeah, so I it. I was like, oh, this, I can't believe I had to sit through like
1: half an hour of all this. Don't blame you. Yeah, this was. I mean, when I got when I got uh, the idea for this video games thing, uh, I knew that this was going to be a hard road to hoe. But they all get better from here. Actually, don't worry. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> yes, we started with the worst, so...
2: Well, good. I'm glad that we, uh, you know... I'm glad that it's all downhill from here. Yes, this was...
1: And so, how would you... So, since you only knew Bubsy as a freedom character, how would you rate him having, now that you have this... Uh, under your belt now that you know where he comes from as far as they're concerned. Um
2: I mean he's pretty much exactly what I would have expected, you know, because I thought like that he was he was gonna be like, oh he's a he's a cool he's a cool character. You know, he's got attitude. And uh so yeah that's that's pretty much what he does. So um I guess I should say that he is a he is a he is what 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 it says on the tin, right? In yeah. The sense that, like, this is exactly what I expected. It's not what I like, though. <laughs> I think it kind of sucks. Yeah. He's a terrible character. Uh, there's really nothing appealing about him. He's just kind of... He's kind of... Uh, he's not really a jerk, you know? Like, he's not, like, intentionally a jerk to anyone. He's just kind of... He's oblivious, in a way. Like, he doesn't seem to realize that Arnold doesn't like what's going on. Um, He's very like, you know, and he's very like uh, cocky, but not really charming in any way. Mm. Um, They really just like, I feel like he's just kind of, that's his big thing is he's a real, it's a real void of charisma is uh, Bubsy's real
1: issue here. You want to know who he reminds me of? And it's kind (laughs) of amazing how many connections there are here. Yeah. Nathan Masri. Huh? Interesting. So,
2: he, yeah, actually, I I can see what you're saying because like he does have that sort of like blundering in and and being oblivious, uh,
1: but at the same time seeming to think that he's all that. Yeah, he has a he, he has a tremendous opinion of himself. Has absolutely no regard for anyone else, and his you know. It, He's only interested in other people as far as what they can do for them. And, you know, perhaps the most, the, the most surprising connection is that Bubsy was, was created as a substitute for Chester Cheetah when they lost the license and is an orange cat wearing clothes. And Nathfield is an orange cat wearing clothes created when they lost the rights to Garfield.
2: Huh. Wow. Okay. So it's a, it's kind of a one-to-one parallel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will say this though. Um, now Chester Cheetah, I feel like he's a much more iconic design. Like I feel like when they hired the advertising agency to design him, they did it right. Cause you yes. look at Chester Cheetah and you're like, this guy's cool. Like he's a cool guy. He's legitimately cool. When he talks, he sounds cool. He just looks cool. You know, whereas Bubsy, if, you, if I sh- you show me his design outside of a game or anything, and I wouldn't be like, that's a cool guy. I'd be like, if I didn't have, like, not pre-existing knowledge of Sonic the Hedgehog, I wouldn't know what his personality is just by looking at, at him, you know? Um, and, like, when you actually see him in the cartoon, he's, oh, this isn't a cool guy. You know, it's an informed attribute. Where it's like I I know he's cool because obviously this show wants me to think he's cool, but he doesn't seem cool. Whereas Chester Cheetah, when he talks, he's all like, "Hey, guys, think dangerous cheesy," you know. He talks like a cool guy. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, yeah, and Budsy never talks like a cool guy. He does, he isn't using the same voice here that he did in the uh, animation or not the animation the, the video game, but you know, no matter what, he sounds like this. He he sounds like he's it kind of sounds like he's got a hairball off his ass. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the problem is he needs, he needs to be wearing sunglasses.
1: Yeah. Well, let me show you some of, some of what has happened to Bubsy as he evolved, as they designed him in the wake of losing Chester Cheetah. Mm-hmm. So to start with, here is the final version of Bubsy as he was demonstrated on the, on the cover of the game. I I really like his big smile here, his his kind of Donkey Kong teeth going on. Mm, mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think this. I think the official version of him from the game looks a lot better than the one from the show.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, the show. I mean, the problem is when they try to animate it, they did not have the budget. He ends up looking like characters from, uh, you know, MTV's The Head. <laughs>
1: wow (laughs) huge slam but absolutely correct (laughs)
2: um like i feel like if they this this character design would have required a lot more um you know they would have had to do a lot more tweening to actually make him like look good in a cartoon but the effort would have been totally worth it um
1: okay is this someone's uh now is this is this uh this was early versions of Bubsy. They were trying to figure out what they were doing. We were like, "Well, we know we're going to do a cat. What's he gonna? What's he gonna be?" Uh,
2: this is an interesting look for him. Uh, very smutty. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I look at this, and I don't think this is a cool character. I'm not really sure what to make of this this version. Um,
1: he is mo- very explicitly a bobcat.
2: Yeah, um, I feel like this is this is like a. I don't know why when I look at this, I feel like this is like a teenage girl's fan art of Bubsy. (laughs) I see what you mean. Yeah. It looks like teen girl squad. Um, (laughs) And this looks like, uh, this, this other Bubsy just looks like a, uh, a a still from an independent, uh, uh, horror video game. (laughs) Uh, Like this is from like, I don't know, or something from, from, uh, a still from what is what is that series that uh um Five Nights
1: at Freddys or
2: yeah I'm, n- I'm not that one I'm trying to think of uh Para- Mandela effect or something I Oh okay was, yeah or I don't oh. know what or something but uh anyway yeah it, it's um okay this one is an interesting one this is looking this guy is starting to look cool but he's not really a
1: bobcat he's much more of an otter huh, Yeah I see I see what you mean and he's got these these hovering boots, which like is
0: it, it an fits interesting more choice.
2: A, yeah, I mean, it makes sense if the, you're doing a sci-fi game, which they kind of were, with the Woolies and everything. Yeah. But, you know, um, it, it's... Yeah, okay. And he looks a little more Smurf-like here, though.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I see the P.O. influence. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, well, now um, you're seeing his roots as a sister cheetah right here. Um, but uh, I guess they were thinking of making him like a coyote or something.
1: Yeah. And he see, and the note here says, is that a beat it jacket? Huh. So yeah, I like the idea of him wearing this, this Sergeant Pepper jacket to be cool. I mean,
2: this is actually, I kind of like this design, obviously, uh, honestly, I, I kind of, it's kind of unfortunate they didn't make him like a dog.
1: And of course, it should be noted that uh, every aspect of Bubsy was up in the air at this point. Oh, uh, okay, interesting. So, girl bubsy. Yes, girl bubsy. Um, very very curvy girl bubsy.
2: And they say too sexualized uh, on this, so I guess that's why I rejected girl bubsy. Um, I have to say, actually, um, I, I dig it. I, yeah. dig, I dig girl, femme bubsy here. Um, yeah. uh, I think it's unfortunate, because I'm not surprised they rejected girl bubsy. I'm surprised they even considered girl bubsy. Because you know, having a girl lead in a video game in like 1993,
1: you know, yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty unusual. I mean, it was yeah, it was a long time until we got uh, regular female characters uh, as we, playable characters,
2: especially a very like thick and curvy girl yeah. like this. Um, though it does remind me, I had completely forgotten that among the um, the small but thriving Bubsy fandom. There is one particular person who um, draws lots and lots of trans bubsy. Oh, I um, wonder. I wonder if they're they inspired by this at all. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm trying to think. I, yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, so this last one looks like it's just a. Is this like a compilation of all the different bubsies?
1: Yeah, there's oh, a, the there's a new one, one in the middle. Yeah,
2: that yes, he's he's kind of the otter bubsy, but they're definitely. They're putting, giving him the, uh, the Bobcat ears and he's got, geez, look at these giant shoes.
1: Yeah. Platform shoes.
2: Uh, that that just
1: evolved into having him having really big feet at the end. Mm. Um, I'm not, you know, it's
2: fine, but again, that feels much more like he's a janitor on a space station than anything else. (laughs) I was going to say, he
1: looks like he's going to appear on a school poster saying, Hey, say no to drugs. That's cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too. Uh, so, are these all the different Bubsies? Uh, I think there's one more. This is this is another version of the
0: otter. Whoops
2: Here we go. All right, let's see this other otter Bubsy. Oh, okay. Well, this guy's cool. I, I mean, like his goggles. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the goggles. He's got kind of a a big chest. He's got big shoes. He's a little more jockey, but like I look at this guy and he does read as cool to me. So um, okay. um, you know what though? Honestly, looking at all these different Bubsies, I I really I'm I'm I really am disappointed they didn't go with the girl Bubsy. Yeah, she is the most unique one. I mean, maybe think about how video game history would be different if there was a girl Bubsy. You know? In 1990, Bubsy breaks the gender barrier. You know, the what do you call it? The uh, the glass ceiling. Yeah. On um, uh, video games, we have by that means by the by the aughts, girl video girl video game characters are an established thing. uh Gamergate never happens, and then uh, MAGA never happens. Wow. And because we did not get girl Bubsy, that is why we are in the the decline. You know, on the descending slope of fascism in America.
1: So, you're saying that this, that the Bubsy that we got is representative of everything that went wrong with this country since 1993?
2: I, that is exactly what I'm saying. Good one, Bubsy! Yeah, thanks a lot, Bubsy. (laughs) Hey, Bubsy, what's that in your shirt? (laughs) Do you think that, like, uh, do you think that, like, if It's funny Bubsy is a bobcat, because I actually just thought it would be funny if Bubsy was a wolverine. (laughs) Like,
0: hey, Bub. Well, it's more.
2: Who would play Bubsy? Because you can't just get Rob Paulson or your usual wacky voices there were no girl voices at that point, you know? Nancy Cartwright. Oh, yeah,
1: she was she was active. That's right. She had been doing uh, voices for a lot of things. She was on My Little Pony and a bunch of stuff. So Oh, wow, wow. Uh, she's the Bart Simpson lady, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, and so if she just applied some of that Bart stuff to a, you know, a less rough, more melodious version of her own voice, then, yeah, I can, I can totally see her doing this.
2: Oh, my God, could you imagine then? If you if uh, you started getting calls from Bub She uh, ask you to donate to the Church of Scientology
1: <laughs> Well we've just found a completely different way for Bubsy to destroy the world
2: oh my God you're right there's there's really no winning either way like is what's it's like, well, I don't know. What do we live? Either we live in a uh, a Christo fascist uh, theocracy or a Scientology theocracy.
1: Good, good. I don't know which which one will collapse in on itself first. Which one lives us, gives us more of an opportunity to uh, you know continue to build, rebuild from the rubble.
2: I mean, it's uh, I I yeah I can't I'm. Oh, man. I That is a question. That is a question. Um,
1: that, is, that is a speculative uh, uh, history that I I don't think I can assemble at this late hour.
2: <laughs> yeah, we gotta call up Harry Turtledove and be like, okay, look. So, history the th- has, there are diverging points in history, like the assassination of Lincoln, or Femme Bubsy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need your pen to tell us Wow, history would be different. <laughs> uh, I imagine the speculative fiction where it's like, okay, so Church of Scientology is now the dominant religion in America. How did that happen? Well, well, first of all, you have to understand, Bubsy was a girl in this universe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, God, what a world. Oh, uh, you know it's. And this is the kind of thing that Bub, not Bubsy or anyone could think of with their magic, uh, s- magic imagination stealing helmet. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to do something that's all about the power of imagination, you need an imagination first.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's too bad uh, they didn't consult us because I think was, we could have come up with a, a great
1: series about
2: uh, Bubsy fighting the Church of Scientology.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Bubsy teams up with Bubsy and they fight the uh, Church of Scientology who has been taken over by Polly and Esther. So, yeah, we get all of the... We just merge the whole Bubsy continuity into one you know, pro- well, probably black hole that swallows everything, honestly.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, so... Polly, yeah, so Bubsy. Polly and Esther and Xenu. are <laughs> alien oh, overlords. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything else we should say about Bubsy?
1: Uh... A lot went wrong.
2: Well, what could possibly do that? (laughs)